Hi guys, Russell here. Um, for those of you of a certain age, the uh, expression I'm too old for this shit should remind you of the uh, fantastic 987 film uh, Lethal Weapon, uh, where Donald Glover is like the old, uh, the old guy to uh, Mel Gibson's Riggs. Uh, and, you know, looking back at it, he would have been 41 when he was saying that sort of stuff, which is probably quite old to be a cop. Uh, and for me, the sort of 13-year-old at the time, thought, yeah, 41, that's old. Well, anyway, here I am at 49, and, you know, I'm looking at the markets, and I'm thinking, man, I am too old for this shit. Uh, but also, at the same time, sort of thinking, man, I am too young for this shit, too. So what do I mean by this? Um... So one of the things is like when you've been around for a while, there's always like some no-brainer trade uh, which everyone has to own or owns and their reasons will be whatever they are. Uh, you know, and you, know, you can normally see that that trade is, a, is coming to some sort of natural end that hasn't ended yet. And so all you can do is sit around and wait. Uh, and so currently like the biggest no-brainer trade in the world is the NASDAQ 100. Well, Magnificent Seven, doesn't really matter, whatever is US tech, essentially. Um, now, here's the problem is that no-brainer trades go wrong, and normally you get lots of warning that it's going to go wrong. Um, you know, so for example, uh, you know, gold bulls from the 70s, uh, you know, developed all these sort of theories based on like money supply, uh, other things like that, you know, and now, you know, when you sort of, talk to the sort of crypto guys they always talk about how fiat currency is always a disaster yada 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 you know same sort of logic and yet you know these gold bulls happen or always tend to forget any bear markets ever happened with gold as we did have from 1980 to nine uh, to 2000 and again from sort of 2011 to 2019 they just sort of wave their hands and say oh that's just an aberration well, like 10, 20 year aberrations are, you know, life ending in this business. But, you know, what I would say with gold is that if you looked at sort of the policies that are being brought in and the way the sort of Fed was acting and, you know, the sort of change from a pro-labor to a pro-capital market, you knew the sort of gold bull market was coming to an end. Um, same in Japan, you know, in the 80s, everyone was buying Japan. But there were loads of signals, market signals, saying the end was coming. And, you know, buying Japan in the 80s ended up, you know, uh, being really a dead dead money ever since. Uh, and, you know, if you look at, like, China, you know, the politics in China started to turn ages ago, to be honest with you, so 2010, 2011. Uh, and even now, you know, you're, you're seeing on, like, a 60% loss. And people didn't believe it for a long time. And, you know, I made my name and, you know, pretty chunky, some good returns from being bearish China early uh, because people just don't want to receive the sort of message. So, you know, the problem for me is if I go back to looking at sort of NASDAQ 100, the politics for that has already turned uh, massively. You know, you look at Biden has put Lena Khan in as head of the FTC, basically made a name by calling out Amazon for its anti-competitive behavior which is behavior that you see uh, across the board in the tech space. And you've also seen it in China where they've come out and crushed their tech names. Um, you know, and so normally you would be like, okay, this, you know, this, these are areas to avoid. But the problem you've got is that the big tech names are the biggest buyers of their shares uh, and they're willing to buy those at any valuation. 
uh, which I sort of makes sense from an incentive structure. Uh, you know, so you're sort of seeing they're going, what do I do about this? Um, you know, and I think the, the thing is, like, if uh, in some sort of future where I was, you know, a young analyst who is not alive now was asking me what, what was driving this bull market from, like, GFC through to today, and I would say politically it was decided that, you know, helping out corporates, running very pro-capital policies, uh, allowing them to effectively reduce their uh, tax rates to almost zero, and promoting or not taxing capital gains uh, has had a very, uh, you know, obvious effect in that capital values get pushed up to very significant levels. And because they're not taxed, you know, that, what you get is more and more businesses are set up to push up capital values rather than generate income or even pay dividends. And so when you look at that, you get this sort of weird thing when you look at the states where you have U.S. net worth to GDP at all-time highs. Uh, was it 600%, still 500 So well above trend. Strangely, you have U.S. federal debt to GDP at World War II levels. So they're spending loads of money, but they're not taking in tax. Uh, you know, and weirdly, you have a life expectancy that's sort of falling. So you have this country that is both broke, richer than it's ever been, and dying. Uh, you know, these things don't make sense until you look at sort of the incentive structure, which is essentially corporates trying to minimize their tax, uh, rich people minimizing their tax through, you know, uh, asset appreciation rather than income. And, you know, what that's leading to is reduced government uh, spending for many public services and rising debt levels. And, yeah, for me, that doesn't look like it can continue for on forever. Um, now, here is a problem. You know, here is a problem and why I'm just sort of too old for this shit is if you think about pro-labor, pro-capital policies, the most obvious pro-capital policy is devaluing. And we've seen that recently when Abe came in and said, uh, and the BOJ said, we're just going to keep the yen as weak as possible. The Nikkei has been a fantastic stock market to own. And if you've hedged that, uh, even better, right? They just came out and said, we don't care uh, how poor we make Japanese people, we are going to get the corporates going. And, you know, they've done, done well. And Abe was very popular. So if we think from that perspective, when Nixon devalued uh, the dollar versus gold, in the sort of uh, early 70s, this was a sign that you really wanted to buy US stocks. Now, what you got was the US stocks weaker for a long time. But if you did sort of buy the 1974 lows, you know, you did really, really well. Uh, now, you didn't outperform gold until 1980 when I think Mark was looking for Reagan won by a landslide. So you then knew that these sort of pro-capital policies were being embedded into the political system so you knew you had to go out and buy it buy assets and then the stock market has just ripped higher ever since right if you look at the S&P it did it really did nothing through 60s and the 70s it was only really 1980s it took off but the signs of policy change were happened as back in 74 uh, but you had to wait a long time for it to really take off um, you know when I look at Japan you know in 1985 there was a plaza record where basically yen doubled and, you know, it was a really clear sign that sort of mercantilist, keep the currency weak, uh, generate profits from exports type model was dead and that the Japanese sort of economic model needed to change. 
And what you got was that yen appreciates, that's the blue line here, I've, it's reversed to how you normally would see it, just to make it a bit easier to understand. So yen went up and the Nikkei went up for a while. Uh, in fact, it quadrupled from when the Plaza Accord was signed uh, through to the end of 1990. It was a huge bubble. You know, and now it sort of seems axiomatic that a strong yen is a weak Nikkei. But, you know, at that top point, you were getting the strong yen and a strong Nikkei. And everyone rationalizes, like, this is the greatest country ever, blah, 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 all these different types of things. And eventually, of course, market reality took hold and you end up with a very, very long bear market. So it's another sort of sign that politics change, but then you have to sometimes sit there and look like an idiot for ages before it actually breaks. Um, so coming back to today and, you know, the NASDAQ 100 and the uh, Magnificent 7 and share buybacks and all this sort of stuff. You know, the clear market signal is the end of the bomb bull market for me. It's very clear. You know, I've got both JGBs, which has been a lead market for me, and the U.S. Treasuries. So I think these are done, right? And for me, you know, the when you have higher interest rates, higher wage growth, higher inflation, uh, you naturally get debt-to-GDP levels back under control. Uh, and so when I look at a very long-term graph of gold versus treasuries, you can see that we're really in the foothills of, of this change. So we had a period from so 2003 to 2010 where it looked like you know, that was beginning to happen and then China got into trouble. But now you know, we've had a long period of consolidation that's going to break higher. So for me, you know, the political change is there, the market signal is there. The problem is I'm too old. I am way too old to play along with the no-brainer trade of buying the NASDAQ 100. You know, that is, and it's a problem for me. But then I'm also just too young just to sit around at home doing nothing, uh, buying gold and selling treasuries, waiting for it to happen. I want, I've still got this sort of fire in my belly to go out and short businesses I know are going to blow up in the world that we're going to. And so I was left with this very strange feeling of being both too old for this shit and too young for this shit. Sadly, there's no movie that has I'm too young for this shit uh, quote. Uh, so I've just used the two of this shit from Lethal Weapon. Well, I hope that makes sense. Uh, stay safe. We'll talk again soon. Ciao.